You're listening to From the Director's Chair Podcast with J.J. Duke and Fairfield Athletic Director Paul Schlickman on the Stag Sports Network. Hey, Stags fans. Welcome back to the latest edition from the Director's Chair. J.J. Duke here with you along with Paul Schlickman is getting closer and closer to the return uh, to college season. Paul, first off, uh, kind of keeping still things a little bit socially distant here. Um, I'm working from home. You're working from the remote office. Uh, first off, it's been a while. How are you doing? I'm doing great, JJ. Glad, glad to be back with you. And uh, it has been a, a bit of a hiatus, but we're uh, glad to be back at it. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Um, so this episode, we're going to be catching up on a lot of things that's been happening across Fairfield Athletics and the NCAA off the field is uh, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, over the last few weeks, there's been a lot of things that have been happening across the timeline before the start of the fall sports competition season. Back in May, the MAC set guidelines for what the fall season could be looking like. Then over the last month or so, that moved from moving just to conference play. Then back on the 27th of July, it was canceling fall sports and then ultimately the NCAA following suit as well. So from your perspective, Paul, what has these last really four weeks been like for you? Last four weeks has been uh, quite a whirlwind, frankly. And uh, you set the table well in terms of the overall time period, but it, but it certainly did um, speed up, if you will, in terms of the, uh, kind of the transactions of what's, what's happening in the world of college athletics in the last couple of weeks in particular. Um, and I would say it's been, uh, it's been at times a bit of a whirlwind at times, a bit of a grind, um, painstaking in terms of, you know, uh, the planning process and, and all the different things that we went through to try and keep tabs on, on situations, be it state, local, uh, national, all of our respective campuses, particularly within the MAC. And uh, just in terms of, of trying to arrive at a decision that would, that always and, and um, had the health and safety of our student athletes and staff and, and coaches at the top of the line. And uh, unfortunately, um, we ended up with a situation where fall sport competition has been canceled and, uh, and we're at the point now based on the number of conferences that have made that decision that uh, fall championships with the, within the NCAA structure have been essentially rendered moot. Um, so it's, uh, it's heartbreaking for all of us, um, particularly for our student athletes and coaches. Um, but that's the point we're at. And, uh, you know, we just continue to move forward to, uh, to do what's best and do right by them. Obviously, the health of the student-athletes is of the t utmost concern, but it's kind of interesting how we've looked back at these two periods of time where you had this past March where things escalated very quickly and you saw a, a very quick breakdown of how things ended up. Now, in the fall, there's been a lot of talk, and it definitely sounded uh, from the neutral's perspective that – it was going to be tried every possible way to have a fall sports competitive season. But as you said, ultimately it just was not possible. How much work really went into this past month to make it seem any sort of possible to have a season? Because like you said, it's heartbreaking for the student athletes that they've been working around the clock trying to get ready. And then all of a sudden they find out the news that we all saw. You're exactly right. I think it's, I think it's, 
an inordinate amount of work and uh, and thought process and and man hours that have gone into uh, trying to monitor, assess, research, um, plan, um, try and figure out ways to make this work, and 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 it's um, it's really. Um, I think from the from an outsider's perspective, it's it would certainly be hard to to understand or process that. Um, but I, and and I think from from some of the public's perspective, it is there's this perception or sense that you know why has it um, taken so long? Why is it? Why are we you know into the into mid August and and still trying to achieve clarity on exactly what's happening in the fall as, as it appears as though we have for the most part now. I think it's just because we've, things happen so quickly as you alluded to back in the spring and we really didn't have a lot of choice in the matter. So we had to deal with the fallout. Um, the, the, we've obviously tried to, in our, in our response to that, in our planning process, learn from that. We had a lot more time to sort through it. Um, there were factors beyond all of our respective controls in terms of the ebb and flow of the virus and the acuity of it and, and the surges and, and everything that goes along with that. Um, but we were really trying to learn as much as we could hold out hope that we could do this because we, we learned how, uh, how impactful it was to take away opportunities from some of the winter teams and certainly our spring sports. And we didn't want to happen, have that happen again. I don't think any of us foresaw that after five months of working feverishly to come up with plans to, to make this work, that we would be having those conversations again. But, but uh, unfortunately, that's the situation we're in. So um, no lack of effort, no lack of wanting to get it done, um, holding out hope that, uh, that we could figure it out, uh, but ultimately just, just not in the cards from a health and safety perspective. Um, so the right decision, we support the decision, but, but no less heartbreaking for those involved. There was kind of an interesting end to the statements, and this is kind of mirroring along the lines of what many other conferences are doing, where uh, they're not leaving out the possibility of moving fall sports to have some sort of a competitive schedule in the spring. And the Mac is also within that as well. So um, obviously early stages in that front, but what have been some of the conversations like about possibly having a fall championship begin in the back end of the 2020, 2021 season? Sure. And that's, and that's certainly, you know, that's part of the offshoot of, of the timing of this, right? So we've had, um, again, we didn't have a lot of time to react to respond in the spring. We've had the summer to think about um, if, if the fall did go um, by the wayside, um, is there an alternative? And so that's certainly been part of the conversations along the way. We've, we've all in our business admittedly been consumed by trying to focus on, you know, from a university perspective, just reopening school and getting kids back, but also trying to make fall competition work. Um, there's certainly been... Um, I would say a good amount of discussion about the spring along the way. I think a lot of conferences have in their statements along with, with canceling fall competitions have, have expressed a desire, a commitment, a goal of, of having some type of spring competition. 
the MAC has done so as well. Our presidents in announcing that we were going to cancel the fall um, professed that as well. And our ADs were certainly in agreement with that desire. Um, the One of the linchpins with that will be um, now that NCAA fall championships have essentially been rendered moot would be um, next week um, the NCAA council will discuss, deliberate um, some formal response or stance on to be forwarded to the board of directors on whether or not we will conduct spring championships. Um, so that, that will, I think, determine how in large part, per, perhaps not in totality, how conferences will um, deal with their spring competitions and, and set those schemes. Yeah, and I think a lot of this, and for everyone listening at home, we're learning the information as it's coming along. So just you know, make sure to keep with us here on FairfieldStags.com, um, social media as well as we find out the information. We'll be doing our very best to get it out to you as quickly as possible. And um, also should mention as well that the announcement came about the fall sports. Now that doesn't mean to say that we're not forgetting about the winter sports as well. Paul already mentioned that last year uh, some of our student athletes saw their uh, conclusion of the season taken away because of the coronavirus pandemic. So winter sports as of right now, um, same thing. There's still a lot to be worked out, but that doesn't mean to say that there's not going to be a season. There's just still some information that has to be tied together. Exactly right, JJ. And, and you know, we've, the MAC, just as all conferences going through this same thought process and situation, have been certainly thoughtful about that. Um, as I alluded to, very focused on the fall as an endeavor in and of itself to try and get that accomplished. And now that we have a scheme for that that um, falls back to um, training opportunities for our fall sports, um, there's, there's, you know, a shift in, I wouldn't say partial shift in focus, but, but certainly we'll now begin to pay more attention to what the winter will look like. Um, it's still early. I can say um, with, with great uh, conviction and, and confidence that is we are Fairfield, um, the MAC, and I would say uh, the, the vast majority if not all conferences really want to play winter sports and, and certainly, you know, men's and women's basketball is across the board, the most notable of those in that category. And we really want to, we need to try and play those seasons. Um, it's, it's critical to our ethos and it's critical to, you know, I think the national landscape to do that. Um, so, we are, we want to accomplish that. Um, it is incumbent upon us to be you know, on top of that. Um, just as the last, you know, two to three weeks have had an perhaps unexpected critical impact on how we ultimately landed with fall sports. Um, a lot can happen. It's, you know, mid August and we've got a couple months before we would formally begin practices and you know not until you know early November before then the normal competitions would begin so there's a lot that can happen between now and then that could impact winter sports competitions um, so 
we have to balance this idea of being on top of it and thoughtful and have some, some schemes drawn up and plans in place if we need to pivot or make adjustments. Um, I think without making any snap decisions based on the current climate, if you will, in the current landscape. So um, hopefully that gives an overview of it, but uh, certainly want to try and get back to uh, regardless of the, the winter sports we're talking about, we want to get back to getting our athletes doing what they love, doing what they do best, you know, and all the value added that college athletics creates by um, having student athletes and schools compete. And uh, so that's why we want to get back to that. So that's, this is the next wave and the next phase. And uh, so we're going to work like heck to try and make it happen. And again, for those at home who are uh, like us waiting for the news and information to come out, just make sure to stay tuned with us on fairfieldstags.com as we'll be working to get the information across to you as fast as we can. Um, unfortunately, it was another situation for you similar to what you had this past spring where you didn't want to have these conversations with the spring coaches and student athletes saying that their seasons uh, were put off. The same thing that happened just a couple of weeks ago with the fall teams. Um, what was that like for you? It's not something that you wanted to have practice in. Unfortunately, you did have practice to do it again. But um, what has the conversation been like with those teams over the last couple of weeks? Right. It's uh, is certainly not a conversation that I enjoyed the first time or conversations. Um, when you're a, a director of athletics and you're in this this enterprise we call college sports and the last thing you want to do is have to get in front of a group of student athletes and tell them they can't compete it's it's just it is at the core of of what they do and who they are and and the focal point of their educational experience um at fairfield um and and that's not to diminish any of the other critical crucial aspects of what the educational experience involves but but let's be honest, that's, that's, that is a, a crucial piece. And, and so I think it's really trying to go into it with an understanding of that and, and the impact that has on them and to first and foremost, show great empathy for that. Um, that, um, and then at the same time, try and convey that, that it is truly the right decision. Um, and that ultimately, it's about putting them first and their health and safety and that of their coaches first. Um, you know, I guess having had to do it once um, helped me perhaps deliver the message and think about it um, the second time around. Um, but it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to deliver it. It's heartbreaking, I'm sure, to be on the receiving end of it. And now we've had two cohorts well, really three who have been impacted by this in one way or another. Um, at the same time, it's trying to be positive and, and um, not want to be dismissive of the sadness or the, you know, what they're going through, but, but also try and turn the page and, and look forward and try and present this, um, whatever civil linings there are and present it as an opportunity and the notion that, um, and I believe this wholeheartedly with 100% conviction that, that we, um, the university, Stags Athletics, 
our student athletes, our department are going to come out of this on the other side stronger than we entered it. I believe that with every fiber of my being. And so it's trying to convey that. And, um, and then at the same time, what, what helped me, I think, convey it and has helped me kind of work my way through it is knowing, is, is seeing the manner in which our, our athletes have responded to it so effectively. They're resilient. Um, they inspire me with how they respond. And I, I think it's a function of the education that they get at Fairfield and their experiences. Um, so I really appreciate that and value that. And uh, that's helped me get through it as well. And I, and I know it's what's helping them get through it. It's really helped us get all through, or all of us get through this because similar, it's been challenging for all of us. We want to see action on the fields and the courts of play. And like Paul said, we are going to come out of this stronger and better than we were before. Um, kind of turning the page a little bit because whether sports are happening in the imminent future or not, students are still going to be coming onto campus in the next couple of weeks. And uh, what has the planning process been like for our students to come back safely to campus and be able to go to classes and still have uh, the same college experience that they would have if this wasn't around? It's it's been nothing less than comprehensive, JJ. I guess that's my first response. You know, going back literally to February, um, even before clearly the the and the initial onset of this, and having to respond to what was going on overseas, and and having to take some action as a university with our international students, that was really the the trigger point, and we began a task force planning task force on campus of which I've been fortunate to be a part. Uh, and ever since then, it's been um, going at light speed um, s- multiple times a week, some for the, for a long time daily, um, multiple times a week, ever since incredibly comprehensive, detailed, thorough uh, planning and assessment process to create a plan that um, is um structured to bring students back safely and engage in the all the activities that you would on a campus and in in classroom learning and 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 to provide a safe environment and i i just i'm so impressed with and proud of the process that we've gone through and and feel with great conviction that fairfield is as prepared um as much if not more than than any university around to do this and to do it well and to do it correctly and to um, still provide a great educational experience for our students. Um, so just just really um, feel blessed with having the, the leadership that we've had in this, um, our executive committee, President Nemec, our provost, Kevin Lawler, our executive vice president, and all the staff members that are involved in this task force, just it's been spectacular. So, um, it's not to say that there won't be uh, challenges and adjustments that will need to be made along the way, but, but it won't be for lack of planning or certainly lack of effort to do that. Um, and then we've been going through the same process. Athletics has been its own subgroup within that framework, and uh, we've been working diligently to create a plan um, for, the, um, for our daily operations and what that looks like. And it's going to be different, and we're conveying that to our athletes and our coaches. And... And we have to make adjustments in terms of, of 
you know, the, the people like to use the, the, the term new normal. Well, this is how we have to operate in order to do all the things we like to do and, and train on a daily basis and do it effectively. Um, so I feel very confident in that and, and good about that. Um, and, uh, and we're ready to go. Uh, first group of, of students from some hotspot states and international students return this coming weekend. And then over the course of the beginning, the, the next weekend, um, some cohorts of students begin to come back, some of which will be our student athletes. Um, and, and we begin the, the reacclimatization process and socialization process for them to, to get back into gear and, and to have a good year. So uh, really excited about seeing that happen. I mean, we, you know, the campus has been uh, void of, of most staff and certainly students for a long period of time. So we all want to see the vibrancy and activity return to campus and, and begin the process of, of engaging our students and getting back at it. So long answer to a short question, but I, there's been, it's hard to nutshell it, but there's so much that's gone into this. And, uh, but I really feel we're in a good spot to, uh, to do it well. Without a doubt. And it was interesting. You were talking about kind of what the phase approach of the student athletes coming back and recently, and for those who are listening, who haven't listened to it yet, uh, stag sports network podcast with, uh, Mike Harris, where we talked about how the training side of things are going to look for our student athletes coming back. I'm curious to hear, and we were talking a little bit about this before that. Yes. While games are not going to be happening on campus, uh, for the imminent future, but that's not to say that there's going to be a path forward for our student athletes in fall sports and really for all of our sports for that matter. And it sounds like there's definitely some, uh, plans in the works for what could be a pretty fun fall semester. Yeah, I appreciate you breaking that down a little bit and coming back to that because that, that's really, it's hard to underscore how critical that is for our athletes to come back and, and re-engage in that, right? So we talked about how important the competitive piece is to them, but, but truly, um, you know, on a daily basis, the, the, the amount of time they spend toward their athletics endeavors is, is huge. And so the, the, the obvious is the physical activity that, that they need and want that benefits them on a daily basis in terms of ongoing training and, and staying fit and continuing to prepare for, for that opportunity of competition when it does come back. That is obviously critical. And, and you mentioned Mike Harrison to do that in a very uh, measured way when they haven't necessarily had access to the type of, of coaching or training facilities that they would when they're here. We have to be very smart about that. And there's a, um, plan put out by the NCA and the socialization aspects of it for practice and competition that certainly all of us are obligated to follow. And it lays out a pretty good roadmap for how to do that in a very phased, measured, methodical way. Um, but beyond that, it's really, it, there's, there's a, a very real social part of it for them to engage with their teammates on a daily basis in a safe way, clearly, and, and making all the adjustments that we need to in terms of distancing and, 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 everything that goes along with that. There's the, the mental health aspect of it. There's structure, um, all the things that go into that that are, that are just such an, an important piece of them engaging in those activities and, and feeling like they are the athletes that they are. Um, so we're, we're going to be very um, thoughtful about just the, 
the pragmatic aspect of running strength and conditioning activities and engaging them in still instruction and, and how to do that in a very impactful measured way um, for all those reasons. At the same time, we, you know, we want to try and um, figure out maybe some other things that we can do that are, that are fun, that, that fuel competitive desires and, and, and those, those appetites and, and figure out some ways to engage our athletes in, in, in those types of activities as well. Um, within the parameters that have been defined for us. So that, that goes back to what I mentioned at the outset and you did as well in terms of the, um, the Mac announcement uh, came out on July 27th about um, the presidents collectively recognizing how important that was. And so we all share that, that sense of importance and really wanna make sure that we do a great job with that um, for our coaches and our athletes because it's it's again i'm repeating myself but it is it is such a critical piece of their um educational experience here that we we have to we have to feed that and do it well certainly much uh more to come on this front we'll keep you posted as we go about and lastly paul i know you kind of already mentioned a little bit of this earlier a, a final charge if you will to our fans alumni supporters of fairfield athletics about what we're going to look like in a few months time because we are going to come back stronger than we did when we entered. But is there anything that you'd like to say to kind of button this all up to all those who are big fans of Fairfield Stags athletics? No, great way to finish JJ. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I, I guess I'll say a couple of things. Um, you know, it is, I've said, I said this every way along. Um, I'm just so, um, impressed by, uh, inspired by, proud of um, the, the degree to which our um, external constituents, alums, season ticket holders, donors, community members, all those extended members of our family are so passionate about Stags Athletics and, and just can't thank them enough for their continued support and ongoing engagement in everything that we do um, even in times where perhaps there's been obviously not a lot of activity going on. Um, and that has been evidenced very clearly by a lot of the uh, activities that we engaged in. Um, you know, we've all made um, incredible use of, of Zoom and other uh, communication modalities to keep in touch with our, our constituents. And our, our alumni base in particular has responded with gusto in terms of their participation in these types of activities. So in some ways I would say it's stronger than ever. And, and the, the fundraising numbers that we um, were able to um, garner from last year speak to that. You know, we exceeded our goals. And so that is just such a testament to how um, our, our donor base and our alumni base feel about Stags Athletics and we're so committed to it. So for that, my hack went off and I'm just so, um, I will say this, we, we had a, uh, I'm, as I think as our listeners know, and I've said to you, I'm, I'm fortunate to be on our university senior leadership team. We had a, a retreat yesterday for several hours via Zoom and um, one of the things that was talked about and we discussed and kind of went around the table on was um, as a result of everything that we've been through in the last five months or so, um, how has 
or how have the circumstances of this pandemic and everything that it's impacted changed or adjusted our value proposition as a university. And my thought in response to that was, um, I don't think it's changed the value proposition of Fairfield, and I'll say tangentially Fairfield Athletics at all. I think it has in fact revealed it and highlighted all the incredible things about this university that make it so attractive to incoming students that um, that allows it to provide for an exceptional educational experience for our students that that instill such pride in our alumni network that make it so appealing to our community constituents and and make all those groups want to be a part of it and love it um, and I, I alluded to it with this task force, the, the manner in which we have navigated through this um, just highlights all the great things that, that Fairfield has going for it. And um, we have, as a university, and I speak to this often, been on a trajectory the likes of which we have never seen. And, and all the good things that have been going on didn't stop. Our incoming class is going to be terrific at a time when Peripheral factors have had huge negative impacts on institutions of higher learning nationally. Um, we're going to yield a class. Um, Corey Eunice and his staff have done an amazing job and an incredible collective effort by the university to, to yield a great class. Um, and that's, that's one aspect of it. Um, at the same time, I think we are, we were on a parallel trajectory with Stags Athletics. You know, obviously our, our seasons were cut short last year, but eight of our 10 teams that were able to compete improved their place of finish competitively um, at the end of the year. That's indicative of the pace we're on. Our student athletes set records for academic performance in a time where everybody had to switch and adjust on the fly to virtual online learning. Um, in the neighborhood of 75% of, of our athletes had a 3.5 or better just they crushed it in the classroom um so that is indicative of i think the pace and the trajectory that we were on so um my point in in depicting all that is that um i'm so excited about where we are and the and the trajectory that we're on and and we i i believe wholeheartedly because of of our belief in and our and our reliance upon our, our core values and our cultural commitments as a department, compete, care, lead, grow, that, that we are um, built to withstand this and, and get through it as a department and as a team and as a family with, with great success and resilience and, and come out of it on the other side, as I said, uh, better than we started. Our theme for the year Coming up, we choose a, a departmental theme for the year, and this year's theme is one team, one family. And and there's a myriad of reasons why we chose that, um, but it comes right out of our cultural commitments, and uh, I think there's there's no better choice for us this year. So our sense of unity, our sense of togetherness, um, and, and trying to be leaders on campus in this whole um, uncharted territory that we all want to navigate together um i think we're ready to go 
and we're ready to rock and roll and uh, excited to get our kids back and uh, really want to get back to, to uh, what we do best and what we do well and are really looking forward to it. So sorry to take up so much of the airways with that one, but it's just something <clears throat> that I feel really strongly about and have been thinking about 24-7 for the last five months. And I really codified it yesterday when we had our senior leadership retreat to kind of reflect on that a little bit. So appreciate the opportunity to kind of convey that. <clears throat> yeah, very well said, Paul. Well, uh, that's going to do it here for us. Thanks so much, Paul, for sitting down with us. And hopefully soon we're going to get together and do this in person uh, not too long from now. Thanks, JJ. Great to be back with you, my man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. That's going to do it for this episode of From the Director's Chair. Make sure to stay tuned with us everywhere you go on social media at Fairfield Stags. Uh, make sure to check us out as well on Twitter at Stag Sports Network. And make sure to stay tuned for everything news notes on FairfieldStags.com. So until then, go Stags. Thanks for listening to From the Director's Chair podcast. To listen to past and future podcasts, visit FairfieldStags.com. And be sure to follow the Stag Sports Network on Twitter.